Good morning, everybody. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, with, with liberty and justice for some. Those that are connected, those that have influence, those that have uh, wealth to be able to influence others. Because that's what makes the world go round, right? Wrong. God is the one, and through his son, Jesus Christ, that's who sustains the world. That's who created you. That's who uh, holds the world together, and holds things together to the point where we can still exist on this planet. It is not due to global warming uh, that things are going to come to an end, which we got a story in the stack this morning that uh, um, is quite interesting in that regard. Anyway, uh, we come to you as, uh, I like to say, or like to think that uh, before the late Mr. Limbaugh passed, I was able to uh, get access to the other half of his brain that was tied behind his back just to make it fair for me to be able to communicate these truths to you. But uh, do miss that guy. He was, uh, he was something else. So good morning. Welcome to the show. Today we're working on Genesis, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. It's in the Bible, in case you haven't uh, um, taken a look at that in a while. And the Bible is a fascinating book. It really is. It's got everything you could ever want. Uh, some people call it a love letter from God. Some people call it a life manual for existence. Um, before leaving the planet, um, before leaving Earth. Um, and, you know, I just look at it as God's instruction book. You know, he gave us history, the one true history of this planet that goes back to Adam and Eve. And, you know, I did a search last night on DuckDuckGo. Um, I just said, how did life begin? And just a simple question. And... You know, 90% of the answers, 95, were evolution, evolution, evolution. And it just, it, it breaks my heart that uh, things like ICR and Answers in Genesis don't come up in a search like that. And so, I'm going to do some digging uh, over time to see what I can do to uh, help that. You know, I'm sure greater minds than mine probably have already looked at that, but... But it should be balanced at least uh, with both sides of the equation. But it amazes me how people are just throwing that overboard. And when you look at some of the things that they say in each of these, when you uh, look at the search thing, we'll talk about that in a bit. I, I got to read some of them because um, it, it really is comical. It is very, very comical what these people put faith in. Um, when you get down to it with how accurate the Bible is at depicting everything, and yet science has just eroded that away or tried to and created its own religion because it's all, it's really what it is. It's a religion. When you look at, at how they frame things, it's, it's a, you know, they're putting faith in things that might have been because they don't have any proof. There's no proof for it whatsoever. It's just a hope so that they don't have to 
um, submit to the will of God and recognize that there's a higher authority over all of this that we need to be subjected to. So with that, let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 12. It's a We're still following the story of Abram. He has not become Abraham yet. And uh, he's quite the character. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show, you, show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, a lot of people don't remember this was communicated to him early on. You know, he hadn't had kids yet. Sarah was uh, barren. And yet, here God is promising he's going to make him a great nation, which means he's going to produce a child through him and his wife. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now there is the indicator of God's eventual um, choice in using Abraham. So it's through his line that Jesus will come someday. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. So, you know, i got to give Abram credit. God tells him to do something, he does it. And Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Now, the souls at that time, uh, it appears to me there was slavery that went on, and people would sell themselves into slavery if they didn't have another means of sustaining themselves. And so there were laws or rules that God put in place um, for that type of stuff that we'll see later. But, you know, it's not that you know, slavery has been around a long time. and But this was a choice by that individual to sell themselves into uh, that type of situation. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance they had gathered, and the souls they had gotten. So they're in the land of Canaan, into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Moreh. And the Canaanite was then in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abram, and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto the mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was grievous in the land, and it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai's wife, Behold now, I know that thou art fair woman to look upon, and there it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, and they will save thee alive. I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with with me for my sake, and thy shoulders, and my soul shall live because of thee. So Abraham doesn't seem to have a problem lying to the Egyptians here about Sarai not being his wife. And because uh, for some reason in his mind, he's, I believe, being deceived here that, that they're going to kill him and take his wife. And I don't understand in my own 
uh, deal that, you know, why it would be any different if it was his sister. I guess if it was his sister, they didn't have, wouldn't have to kill him to take her. And it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. Now she's 70 some years old, folks. So things were different back then. You know, the earth still wasn't maybe in its current uh, condition or shape, which is just another thing that goes against the idea of evolution, that things haven't always been the way that they are. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. So Pharaoh gives him all this stuff for giving him his supposed sister. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidst thou she is my sister, so I might have taken her to me to wife? Now therefore, behold, thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him that they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. So, I mean, it works out in the end. Abram gets a bunch of extra stuff and gets to go on his way. Um, but one of the things that this does, I think, is God establishes something here um, that helps all of us. He says, look, Abram did this, which was not right. It was wrong for him to do that. And yet I still took care of him because I loved him. Because Abraham put his faith and trust in me, except when he fell here and didn't. Okay, a.k.a. Peter. When Peter uh, was with Jesus for three years, saw all the miracles he did at the end of that day when he got was in with the, uh, the council, um, denies him three times that he was even part of his ministry. And, you know, we kind of marvel at that or think that, oh, I wouldn't fail like that. Guess what? Uh, you're a fool because we all fail at times. We all do things that we shouldn't do. We all have done things that we shouldn't have done. And, uh, you know, I like to think, at least in my own case, as I get to know the Lord more and spend more time with him and spend more time in his word, that, that it's less and less that these things occur, that I'm becoming more like him. And that's the idea of sanctification. Over time, God working these things out, working out your past, because your past does affect how you think and how you uh, do things, how you act towards others. So, I mean, that's just part of the equation. So again, here, Abraham, to me, it gives us, gives me hope that, man, if God can use Abraham, a guy like that, or Abram, when he was willing to do that, and yet God still took care of him, uh, and Peter, and God still took care of him, you know, people like that in the line of Christ, because here he's making the promise to Abram that all all the children of the, the world are going to be blessed through you. And uh, what a beautiful thing that is. You know, God, he's got, got the plan. And we don't need to be concerned because he's in control. He knows what he's doing. And he doesn't need our opinion. <laughs> right? Uh, so, anyway. Let's take a quick look at some news. And then I got to hit the uh, hit the day. Let's talk about that. I, okay, I did this search. How did life begin on Earth? So we've got science.nasa.gov. So tell me that the government doesn't have an established religion. Earth's atmosphere today bears little resemblance to the atmosphere of Earth 
the early earth in which life developed. It has been nearly reconstituted by the bacteria, vegetation, and other life forms that have acted upon it over the years. So again, how did life begin and evolve on earth? How did life originate? Understanding evolution. How did life begin? National Science Foundation. Many scientists believe that RNA or something similar to RNA was the first molecule on earth to self-replicate. So molecules used to self-replicate um, to begin the process of evolution that led to more advanced forms of life, including human beings. And they just say it like it's, there's no doubt about it. And yet it's a belief system, folks. They have no proof for this whatsoever. How did life start? Creation or evolution? Now that's Jehovah's Witnesses. And apparently I think they're tipping the hat to uh, uh, creation, which I give them credit for, though they missed the boat on, on many other things. How did life begin on Earth? Science ABC. Earth has been bombarded by countless meteors, asteroids, and comets over its more than 3 billion year history. Well, I thought it was 15 billion years, but I don't know. Uh, man. So now it's, it's cosmic collisions that have caused life to begin. Uh, how did life begin? Nova PBS. Life is something that emerges on a developing planetary surface as part and parcel of the chemistry of that surface. Life is really part of the fabric of the planet like Earth. So, except when you look at the planet Earth, it had to be perfectly in the perfect position around our sun to allow for life. You know, if it was not very many miles further from the sun or closer to the sun, you couldn't exist. And just all this stuff is almost hilarious. Timeline of the evolutionary history of life, Wikipedia. Timeline of the evolutionary history of life represents current scientific theory, scientific theory, scientific biblicality, outlining major events occurring. These guys are taking a bunch of pot shots and when something doesn't, doesn't line up with their theory, you know, they modify the theory to fit their paradigm and not the facts. So, Life began in deep sea vents. How did the sea get there in the first place? So again, you see the bias at work in the world. That's the world system, folks. And be, being a believer in Christ is always going to work against that. And sometimes, you know, I've heard my wife say that, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just uh, not not be on the outside all the time and, and be the mainstream? It's not what God, God called us to. You know, God called us to be, uh, if we, um, if we had, uh, I don't want to say this, let's go back to Abram for a minute. It didn't say everybody was of faith back then. You know, I don't know how many people are on the planet at that time, but God picked one person. And he had to be different. And here we saw that he really wasn't different. And yet, God helped form him over time into someone different. At the very start, Abram exhibited faith. Right? He had faith. So, anyway. Um, I'm going to leave it at that today. Um, well, There was one other story that I think bears... Take a look at it. I saw a story today. Global warming will be the next lockdown situation. They're going to claim that 
people need to get locked down that aren't following the global warming edicts of society. And, you know, people are inherently evil, folks. And governments are going to do what they do um, in a worldly sense. And why, why does this search come up with evolution? Because that's the world religion. You know, that's the religion of China. That's the religion of people without faith um, toward God, toward a holy creator. And one that we should uh, look at and consider and do as he's called us to do, which is to love others and put others' needs before our own. Which is a hard thing for us humans to do because we're very selfish beasts. So, with that, I'm going to call it a show today because I need to get moving this morning. But um, If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, please email us at ehudit'sareligion.org and we'll be happy to help you uh, start that journey because it is the only way that you're going to find true peace in this life. The way, the truth, and the life goes through him, the Lord Jesus. And uh, that's it. That's all you got. Otherwise, you got soup and millions of years. So, uh, good luck with that. Anyway, have a blessed day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing. The summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if I still got breath in these lungs. Then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama, for my friends.